Welcome to Behind the Biz, conversations with artists and entertainment. I'm your host, Megan Mason. Please subscribe here on YouTube and don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Now, on to the show. Hi, Cynthia. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Very good. Welcome to the show. Um, I want to introduce everyone. This is Cynthia Nordstrom. She is a costume designer for, oh my gosh, Disney, Marvel Universe. There's some HBO thrown in there. Lots of tours. Um, Universal Studios. I mean, the list goes on and on. And you can check it out. Um, I, I found one of your booking sites so people can check you out online and and book you for some gigs but i wanted to uh welcome you to behind the biz thank you for joining me thank you for having me so i was introduced to you from a a, a colleague uh that we have in common uh ashley and she just raved about your designs and working with you but mainly you as a human being so i was like that perked up my interest. I, you know, it's so nice to find people that are good at what they do and also good people, you know, especially in our industry, I think. Especially. <laughs> so I wanted to chat with you and see, because this is a really amazing career and your first show that you designed fully, you were like 24, right? Yes. yes. You're like a, like a baby designer. I mean, I was not doing that at 24. So I wanted to chat with you and see like, what did you, is that where you imagined yourself to be when you were like 12? No, no. Like, did you want to be a vet? Like, how did, how did you get, how did you get here? Um, no, me and science. No, no, no. I, I did the bare minimum to get through science in my college career and everything. But, uh, other than illustrate labs, oh. science is not my gig. Um, <laughs> no, I actually, uh, I actually was a theater kid. By five, I had been bitten, and uh, oh. whenever anybody asked me that whole question of what do you want to be when you grow up, what do you, you know, what's your dream? Uh, first thing, actress actress and I had um, a red convertible. That was basically, they were together. So specific. Very specific. Um, <laughs> I don't own a red convertible um, yet. I mean, I don't know, maybe one day. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I worked really hard uh, basically doing any type of show, play, musical throughout my childhood um, and had a coach and amazing parents and uh, that was my true love really and that's what you went to um, university for originally wasn't it for to go for uh, acting Actually, did you ever do it well a uh, funny story I <laughs> if I think of my 18 year old self all of my decisions were definitely made on the premise of gosh I could be in college and I need to be two hours tops from the city in case I get an audition. Like that was what my, my coach said. And I mean, I was, I was serious. I was always a great art student, you know, like I did every art class on the side. Like I definitely, you know, I'm an artsy kid. So I, you know, I loved art, had all that, but that was my hobby really. 
That was my your sketches are beautiful. And uh, thank you. And um, so yeah, so I I only applied to schools within two hours of New York that made everybody <laughs> else. I mean, seriously, and they had amazing theater departments, except for one or two. Um, because then all of a sudden I was like, wow, you know, maybe I shouldn't major in theater. Maybe I need a backup because I was very concerned that I would be a terrible waitress or some other sort of people person that I would need to be to maybe survive yeah. uh, the big city. Um, and art became sort of my, okay, well, that'll be my fallback. I literally told my dad that my backup career was going to be a fashion designer while I went to college and continued to audition to maybe be an, an actress. And he bought it. I mean, he was, I was going to say, how did that go? He was amazing. They were amazing. My parents were amazing. And as a great student and they didn't question it. He even this is still amazing. I need to channel this. He even looked in my eyes, was literally, literally a straight A student, complete nerd. And he was just like, if you don't want to go to college, I will finance you just to be home and just try this acting thing. What? I know. And I was worried that if I didn't go right after high school, I probably maybe would never go. And uh, I felt like college in some form, any form was important step for me. Yeah. So I, you know, came up with this backup idea uh, and yet, you know, had this kind of dual life going on. And that was, that was my plan for college, really. That's a good plan though. I mean, it's interesting even as an 18 year old to have the insight, you know, to say, I think there's probably some experiences in here one way or the other that I'm going to need. Yeah. And I mean, I always heard amazing things about college and, you know, I did the whole tour of them and, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I was definitely ready for the experience, but I did tailor all my decisions uh, about college initially, really about, gee, how yeah, I got to make sure it's, you know, yeah. easy for acting. So it was kind of crazy. It's so crazy. And, and it's just crazy because and not in the sense that, you know, I don't think that's crazy. I am a planner. So I think okay. that that is amazing that you were like, yes, I'm going to like figure this out and have a logistical, you know, plan for my life. I, I love that. I, gold stars all the way around. Um, but I think it's amazing that the other path that happened in becoming a fashion, you know, fashion designer. And then that even took another turn. Uh, when we were chatting before, um, I thought that that was really interesting and that the the listeners could learn a lot from that pivot and, and really kind of listening to yourself and seeing what the opportunities are that are there. And so I wanted you to, to tell us a little bit about how you moved from fashion into costume design because they are similar and... Mm -hmm but they are very different. There. They have very different needs and functionality <laughs> for an ice skater versus a runway model. Very. Yes. <laughs> um, well, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it was funny. So I, um, like literally junior year of college, um, I decided to enter into a whole couture competition that's held in Paris every year. 
it's sort of like Olympics of uh, universities that have fashion design as a major. So every country, there's 37 participating countries, or there were at the time, were, were allowed to send ten, a team of 10 students from their country. So you can imagine the pairing down and all that. And it was sort yeah. of an amazing process because it was blind submittal. So you were looked at in your art and your concept. You weren't allowed to sign the front of your, your design. So they didn't know if you were male or female or anything else. They didn't know your name. They didn't know your background. They, they received the art and the panel in New York uh, who, who chose all 10 of us um, just looked at, you know, they, they knew the, the theme of the competition that year and just literally looked at hundreds, I'm sure hundreds of uh, submissions because that you first your own university paired you down. They were only allowed to send two people, two ideas, not wow. people, but two ideas. And then from there, so imagine all the, all the design schools that are accredited around our country. Yeah. And then, so they're each sending two to New York. And then from all of that is a group of 10. And then from that moment, they, they call you and, and then you got to get to Paris and it's all hand done. You have to do it all yourself. Um, and so, uh, I, I did it. Everybody, you know, wanted to enter. And first I got to rep the school. And so then I spent seven weeks, uh, making this to specific measures and, you know, this crazy idea. And then I have, I have a quick question before mm -hmm. you get to Paris, because that alone, just that process in itself is a lot of pressure. So did you find yourself as a junior in, in college doing this, that you handled the pressure very well? And has that stayed on in your life or that's a lot? Or do you just like, if I get it great, if I don't, it's okay. Like, well, it was funny. I was entering my senior year, right? Like, you know, because it was, it was the yeah. thing to do. And I was kind of secure in the other things I was doing. And, um, at that point I didn't live and breathe design like maybe I should have. I mean, I enjoyed it. I loved it. I did well, but I, I had this other love, you know, the theater love. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think some of that was buffered. Some of that was, you know, cause I didn't hold myself to some of the other students and their, and, and their obsession and beautiful passion for it. And so I let myself be like, okay, well, I'm going to submit my idea and go along my merry way. If, you know, the idea is not good enough. And what am I going to do? So yeah. I was, I was more relaxed at it, which I think thankfully I'm, I'm definitely thankful for. And, um, and it marked the only time when I found out that I was going to go to Paris and they were going to send me and I took my mom. Uh, that was, that marked the first time I had already gotten a lead in the winter production in theater they, they had a theater program there too and at that moment i knew i was like wow i can't physically do both like i can't do both of so of course it happens the, at the same time first well no I'd, I'd had roles before but it was the first time i literally put down a script and was like no i gotta get i'm gonna be serious about this for a minute you know like this needs my attention over here you know this, this yeah. fashion thing 
And definitely that experience alone um, showed me magic that I thought only existed on the stage for me, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And that was my first pivot because um, being under the Louvre on the same runway that Chanel has used and watching all of these gorgeous creations and see goosebumps and then, and work and, you know, like your, your stuff is dressed by professional French um, dressers. And I mean, it was just exquisite. It was just amazing. I met all these people from other, other countries. And, but then when it all comes to the moment of the show, I'm in the audience and like it, packed with people and then you know watching everything and then knowing oh my god there's america so like mine's you know mine's in this mix i'm next and you know watching the model go out you know take down her coat like we planned you know everything watching it and knowing that i created all that i was actually in control of most of that not all of it you know not in the final presentation but and just being able to like absorb and watch others around me and see how they reacted. Yeah. And it was like, it was just that energy that I've always felt, but just in a totally new way. Yeah. And I went home from that experience. You know, I tackled my collection and, and did other things uh, in fashion. And I really, um, you know, I really woke up, you know, like I really woke up to the excitement of it. And so I, that's so awesome. I definitely graduated, you know, as a, as a, you know, budding fashionist. And then, um, can you hear me still? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Um, so then, uh, yeah, I, I entered back into the New York scene. The great thing with my university is, you already had two working internships and I always took them in New York because that was my city. Um, so yeah, I just jumped in and, uh, at first tried to be just a pure designer. You know, I didn't go out for shows anymore. I didn't, I just kind of walked away and, Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't enough. You missed it. It wasn't enough for me. I, was like, wow, wait a minute. I just came from Paris and now I'm pouring coffee for the second assistant. And we're worried about, you know, the next pair of jeans. And frankly, if there's so many great jeans in the world. If you can't find jeans you love, then you're just not looking in the right spot. And that's sort of how I approached that. I was like, what's really creative about that? I'm not so sure. And uh, yeah, so that, that was becoming... Uh, something I noticed. And um, I was worried that, worried or maybe over anxious or, or I don't know, a go-getter or not satisfied, or I don't know what mm-hmm. other words want to put to it. But I was definitely concerned that I would forever be pouring coffee or, or being just not in the mix of the energy. And in New York, um, as just a newly graduated fashion designer. So at the time I heard tale of Disney down in Orlando doing this wild expansion. Um, They were going to create a park called animal kingdom 
and they were starting cruise lines and apparently like they needed warm bodies. They needed people and like almost everything to like, they were just expanding. Just Yeah. And so for the first time I became a non-commuter, bought a, bought a car and <laughs> literally told my parents, I was like, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to, I don't know. I'm going to design shows down there or something. <laughs> so I drove down to Florida. I'm going to make it work. <laughs> That's right. And that was, that was a pivot to really deciding to combine the two ideas. Why I didn't do it locally, I'm not quite sure. Um, but I'm probably at the time, the things that we don't even things, think of. Right. So it was uh, another sort of interesting turn. And um, here, the tri-state area girl found herself, you know, living in Orlando by herself. And... Uh, you know, sparkles in my eyes showed up at the doorstep of Disney, you know, <laughs> fresh from Paris. You know, it's kind of what I had to offer and uh, got a nice reception, but also a dose of reality, which was <laughs> no, their their design department is only was only two and a half, two to three designers and an illustrator at the time, all who, whom had been working with the company for 15 years plus if not more. And they don't just hire designers like that. So you're like, okay. Okay. So that was interesting. So what do you do? You just, you join the union, join the union for backstage so that I could dress shows because again, uh, you know, I, I knew I was good with clothing at that point. Yeah. And uh, I'd always been around theater. Um, and I mean, just from my own experience, I can fast change like the best of them. I knew how to layer, I, you know, I know all those tricks <laughs> just, just inherently. So, um, yeah, so my career with Disney did not start off all splashy. Um, it was simple and, and I just kind of tossed myself in the mix and, uh, was a local union in, in creative costuming. I love that. And you'd work your way up and say yes when the opportunities present itself. Yeah. So it was, you know, it's a combination of things, right? Timing, you know, knowing that a company needed uh, personnel, you know, whether, whether I, they hired me right away for what I thought they needed me for is a different question, but <laughs> um, I definitely somehow put myself in a, in a way where I gained tons of experience and in such a little time, I mean, in the first six months I dressed, gosh, they were doing, they were getting ready for their 25th anniversary show. And, um, you know, that was televised with Betty White and Jody Benson and Roy Disney. I met him and, oh, you um, mm -hmm. and, you know, I did little dance shows and I, I ran operations or helped run operations, you know, costuming. Uh, a portion of a park and you know the wow. ins and outs of that and the laundry and the prep and the setting and um have the logistical stuff. knowledge that you gain just from doing that is is so phenomenal it was crazy it was like it was definitely like a speed course and just you know surviving what needs to happen on a on a live show event that actually doesn't just happen eight days a week 
uh, eight times a week. It happens every day, multiple times, perhaps, depending on what you're working on. And do you find that um, only because I do find this in the wig and makeup world that a lot of people think that when you design things that that's all you do is you do you do the sketches then you send them off and then it's done and it it involves so many people and so much scheduling and hiring the right crew and all of these types of skills that you're you know learning as you were going there um do you find that it's the same kind of assumption with with costume design that they especially the younger artists that want to get into it, they don't realize that they need all of that kind too. You want to be, well, I mean, in anything, first of all, you got to go where your heart is. So if you're here doing this, your heart's involved because why would you otherwise? True. And without the heart part of it, I don't think you're ever going to be truly successful because you can tell, you can tell in any, any career, Um, Mm -hmm. but yes, that I think that gets lost. The, the fact that you need to also then look at yourself as how can I be invaluable to the other people on the team? You know, is that, gosh, if I, if I know how to maintain a wig, you know, on, in those emergencies where, you know, the, the Cosmo team is overloaded and, you know, you walk in to find a wig not set up right by an actor and it's just destroyed, you know, and you need that second pair of hands or um, you're setting something, you notice, you know, you know, two buttons just fling off or, you know, <laughs> you know, something just instantly is not going to clasp or work. And can you just sit down and fix it and not just delegate it, you know, yeah. because at times and smaller things, there's no one to delegate it to. That's the truth. <laughs> so, Especially and, in theater land. Oh, especially. So, and I, I feel like, gosh, the amazing people who are successful, like I worked with amazing customers who had been doing live events and tapings and filmings at Disney for just years and years and years. They, you know, they had Emmys, they had huge, huge things under their belt. And I must say it was those that, you know, I know on two instances, so I wasn't even on this woman's team and she heard a story of how a zipper got jammed and, you know, I pretty much fixed it on the spot and, and then she wanted to meet me. We talked a little bit and she, I guess, recognized I had some mad skills. And the next thing I knew when she had a big thing, I'm right. You know, I was requested and I was, you know, I was just the local, but then it put me just that moment of being valuable and invaluable. It put me on a new team in a higher experience or a different experience that I wouldn't have even been on if there wasn't a need. So sometimes that, yeah, that need you didn't know existed. If you can fill it, gosh, it always brings something. It always brings you something. Right. Fill it and do it humbly. And with, um, you know, with respect and regard to what's happening, that this is a part of that, you know, collaboration. Um, that's wonderful. I love that story. Um, <laughs> I also know you're not traveling now (laughs) because, oh, I don't know. There's a little pandemic happening. Um, But you have had an extensive travel, have had extensive travel. And one of the shows uh, was in Dubai. 
that was really beautiful. That was the um, that was a Disney Disney tour one, was it not? Yes. With the different kingdoms. Yes. No, that was actually it was first a North American tour, and uh, toured actually by Feld Entertainment, and um, was out on the road. Gosh, it was out on the road for quite some time. But when it was newer, it was very popular. And someone in that region of the world of Dubai decided they needed a tour, that tour over there. So we made another one exactly the same way. And, awesome. and it toured over there. When you, when you travel, this is like a two-part question. One... Where is maybe your favorite place that you've been able to travel for work? Um, so you can kind of combine work and play a little bit. And then uh, two, when you do travel, do you bring your whole team with you? Is it just you and then you do locally? Does it depend? Like how does that work in the real world of, of mounting shows internationally? Well, I mean, goodness. There are formulas, but uh, I guess I'll, that question is first. I'll do the team's question first. Um, uh, it's every job project company is slightly different and have different opportunities or rules on the basis of that. I mean, obviously, if you do a musical here, generally, if it splits and goes overseas, one or most of your team will then work again on it because the nucleus yeah. of it is coming from here in its entirety. So then you get to bring that amazing associate and, you know, your shoe person and you just do it, you do it all again together over there. Um, when you work for, or in my experience, when I've worked for companies that also have base, you know, they're either home-based, not in America, or their theme park in mm. say Japan, um, Basically, your team, I've built my team with the people from that country, um, not only because it's obviously it's a little more economical for the producers, mm -hmm. but also um, there's something to be said about, again, you know, it's that valuable thing. They know my resources there, um, the language, if there are, are multiple languages or language barrier. Uh, that's invaluable, invaluable, so that I don't always have a translator. I mean, I've had yeah. uh, shows with translators and that's fine. But to be honest, when you get a translator, um, there's just a translator. They're not necessarily um, masters in your specialty. So if yeah. you're constructing garments and there are there's terminology there and specifics and colors, the word you use for colors, some of that nuance gets lost. That's in really interesting. The world of translation. And, you know, I can tell you millions of stories about that. So when somebody on your team not only is skilled and has both languages, but then on top of which you end up just really enjoying working with them, it's, you know, obviously a home run. So I guess it's a, it's a bit of a combination. Um, but also part of it is also personality because if, you have worked with someone or a team and and they didn't all gel or you didn't gel with them or you didn't have that back and forth, then it is hard to want to bring them to the next thing or call them up. Um, yeah. You know, because ultimately 
it's theater. You know, you build a family and that's. These are people you spend many, many, many hours with, oh, you know? So it's yeah. like, if you don't. Yeah, um, exactly. So you should, you should enjoy the people you're around. Um, yeah. Sometimes you're around them more than your family. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> my favorite. So it's hard. I mean. I know it's kind of an unfair question. So maybe like the top two or places. Yeah. Just the, well, you my know. Top, okay. That's easy. So, uh, gosh, I mean, I, they're very close. So I did get to, it was kind of full circle. I got to build part of a tour for stage entertainment, holiday on ice in Paris on St. Honoré. So the fashion girl in me totally freaked out. I saw Karl Lagerfeld at his cafe because it was diagonal across the street from the salon I was working in at the time. Seriously, I can't even. I can't even. So for You're me, like, ah. yeah, because also their hours, working hours in Paris are not as intense as say America or Asia. Mm -hmm. So it was wonderful, literally in a in a, in a beautiful manner as Europeans, six o'clock was dinner. The day was done. So, you know, it was like, hmm, what beautiful fountain and cafe can I sit at looking at my favorite fountain, you know, and, and just watch the night come, you know, into play oh. and, and just saunter back to my hotel room. So that's a bit of a song for me. Um, the other close second oh. is I have grown to love my time in Japan. So many people love, love Japan. I haven't yeah. been. It is, goodness, I, let's see, my anniversary with them. So I think I am 15 years, 15 years. Wow, because you okay. did Universal in Japan uh, was one of the, that's the, is that the main or did you do other shows there? No, I am a regular designer for, uh, fortunate as regular designer for Universal Studios Japan. Yeah. Man, that's so fun. Whenever you go, are you able to take time and plan either on the back end or the, the front end to like go on little tours or go out into the countryside and well, before children, there was always like a day or two that I loved when it fell on an off day with cast, which meant, you know, Cynthia gets a day to play. Um, uh, now I'm stingier as a mom. I'm stingier with my time. So I don't, um, I don't do that. However, with this weird time in our lives, Man, if I get to, I'm working for them right now. And when um, our parade opens, I'll be on that plane. And I will not rush back because I, I felt like, gosh, I'm never going to get there again. You know, this year we've had. So if that all comes to be, I will relish a little bit more. Um, but yeah, no, I. Right. one of the best times I had was I had a, a weird off day and... Uh, I made one of my associates who luckily, luckily they didn't mind spending their off day with me. And they're like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I have to go see Kyoto, Nageisha's, and I want to have tea there. Yeah. And see the cherry blossoms because it was spring and it's like bigger than Christmas there. Was it the perfect? Of cherry, cherry blossoms. Oh my goodness. 
So yes, so that it, that's a cherished uh, a cherished day that I had over there. But um, yeah, just the people, the food, um, just a different just a different way of life. But I loved it. Are there any places that you want to visit, either oh. for work or? Oh yeah, person? I um, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, hello. Uh, no, I would love, I've never been to some other uh, European countries. I just actually went to Ireland a couple of years ago with a, we had a family wedding. So that's amazing. But Austria, Spain, I've never been. Switzerland. Um, yeah. I would love to go uh, to Australia. I would love to, you know, like, just everywhere. Just, just jump. everywhere, you know. Oh my gosh. And do you think that your kids, because uh, I think about this often with my son, and you know, what he's around a lot and going to the studio with me and then mm -hmm. there's crazy wigs and makeup and stuff in here and like sequin. <laughs> I had a sequin dress on today and he was like, wow, you know. So I just wonder um, sometimes like, is he going to? want to do anything like this or are interested in this? Do you find that your kids being around, you know, you um, make such beautiful sketches and art. Are they interested in, in that type of stuff or what do you think about that? Well, I didn't, I didn't for uh, my son's oldest and you know, my fondest memories were when he was a baby and in the bouncy seats, I'd bring him up to my studio and put him on the floor and he'd fall asleep so that I could draw and like always, by the time, you know, the two or three hours had ended, I'd go to pick him up and there's totally like little glitter on, had fallen on his head from, you know, like whatever, always. Not, always. And I was just like, oh my God. And my husband would be like, really, what's going on there? And I'm like. It's in the air. Little pixie dust on him. <laughs> so um, I know they're, uh, Goodness, they they notice more in shows, obviously. Um, oh, yeah. When they're young, I protected the magic, so always. Um, and that was always very important to me. So they knew right away that sometimes um, Nikki and Minnie, you know, had a new show to do and she needed more dresses. So that's a good way to frame that. So, yeah. Or That's Kitty. really interesting because you're working with Disney and stuff. Like, a, I didn't even really think about that. It's really important to me that, you know, as long as they're real, they're real. And, you know, I made sure to protect that. Now, how is it, this is a conversation, I'm in a couple of mom groups. Um, and uh, one of them in particular, they're performers. Most of them are singers and stuff, but they all work in entertainment. And so there's a lot of, um, and then my own friends, you know, from Cirque and stuff of balancing what it is that we love to do that is our passion uh, with also having a tiny human. And you have two tiny humans. So do you find that you find that balance most of the time? How do you, well, there, uh, or do you just incorporate them? Like you do as much as you can. Right. Um, the great thing that I always noticed with my schedule, there were definitely lulls in different parts of the year. So what I did do was I was cognizant of that. 
early on so that it wasn't like I would run out and get another big tour or show. Mm -hmm. So like if I just finished something big, I definitely made sure that, okay, for the next month or two, I'm just gonna be mom, you know? Um, and, and then to be honest, by the end of the second month, I knew I needed to like make something else. So like by then, yeah. hopefully knock on wood, something would come that needed me and I could start up again. So, you know, it ebbs and flows. The more that I can include them, obviously the better it is. It always is. Um, but, uh, they know that, or I, or I try to explain to them that um, I'm a better mom because I have all this art and it makes me happy too. So it's like a recharge for them. They just don't know that part. That makes sense. But one day I think that that will, um, they'll remember those conversations, you know, and be like, oh, I get it now. You know, that whole, um, like I'm taking French because it makes me happy. It just makes me happy. You know, will I go back to France? Yes, eventually. But that like two hours a week or whatever, you know, it just, yeah, it is. It's like it a recharge, it gives you especially something. now where <laughs> there's not yeah. a lot going on, you know. Um, but yeah, I think that's a very interesting way to put that and kind of keeping your own energies full so you have them to give yeah like it, it definitely gives me more patience even though even though sometimes i've only had two hours of sleep but i don't take it out on them like that you know my my husband would be like what he's like you're make you're packing their lunch you know like and he, he knew it like i went to bed at like maybe 4 45 you know they're like they still have <laughs> to like, eat you're, you're up and i'm like well yeah why wouldn't i be you know um, but I'll take a nap in a minute. It's fine. Yeah, like I, I can, I can hang on and then, you know, get them to school and, you know, and then fall apart <laughs> you know, after they're gone. <laughs> but, you know, like that's, that's the price, you know, if that's the price, then, you know, I do it with a smile. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I say that quite a bit. I'm like, this is what I signed up for. Like I, mm -hmm. I have to figure out how to make those um, sacrifices and, and where those are. But at the end of the day, I signed up for this and he's, he's mine. He's like, he's I have, to, you, know, you have to figure it out and make him happy. Um, he's not happy all the time. Today was not happy about St. Patrick's day pictures, but you know, yeah. they're cute. He'll live in posterity <laughs> forever. That's right. <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about some fun things. Uh, one of the questions that I like to ask people is when you were growing up, and I'm feeling very nostalgic this week for, for whatever reason, I'm not really sure. But when you were growing up, do you find that there are certain movies or television that really made an imprint on you that either shape your aesthetic or... Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I do you remember Glow, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling? Yes. So I did not realize that Glow had an absolutely visceral impact on me until I saw the documentary last year and was like, oh, my God, all the chunky glitter in their hair. It, gave, it, it made me so joyfully happy that I was like, wow, 
whole like this was a thing that I watched as a kid, you know, growing up and and like the Goonies and you know those oh, jackets and Goonies, seriously. You know, so I just it made me think like I wonder if there's other movies that really like <laughs> spoke to people as we're growing up, the fun stuff, you know. Well, I mean, I, I'm totally in love with the eighties. How can you not? I mean, just how can you not? They're so good. Exactly. But um, I did, you know, before that, because, um, you know, I was way popular. I definitely owned uh, any musical I could get my hands on. You were the musical kid. Anything Judy Garland. Well, because you remember, this was yeah. about performance for me at first. So yeah. those those things I saw and even clothing I saw in costumes. I mean, Edith Head. Um, you know, like I was, I was, you know, immersed in, in that world while looking at the performance of it, but the visuals are, you know, and the color and the black and white and all of that, they were, you know, I have the full set of Ginger Rogers Fred Astaire because I need that. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, you know, but these were, these were my favorite things. So, um, you know, I was very eclectic. I was, I was very eclectic, but I definitely, I mean, so it was that world and paired with anything that came out of France. So obviously I was a Dior and, you know, you know, had one eye on Dior, one eye on um, Givenchy and, you know, I always, you know, always was looking in that direction. Um, that's so, funny. You know, I love that. Kind of the, and literally, it, it all of this is really just those two worlds colliding somehow, and I get to still play, so it's good. Right? Yeah, I just watched a documentary today uh, that Soli Moonfry did uh, called <gasps> Kid Ninety. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that yet. It's really good, and it's very nostalgic, especially because it starts in like nineteen. 89 mm -hmm. is really when you go back and just seeing all of the clothing and the amount of plaid and the hip hop wear, you know, cause there's the group that she hung out with and, and then her own punky Brewster stuff with the pigtails mm -hmm. and all the color, you know, it's just like, it, it made me want to be more colorful actually. Yeah. yeah. I have so much black, obviously. We all do. <laughs> We it's a hazard do. of our job, we I think. Do. <laughs> I have like half a closet that's just black. Oh, so do I. When I travel, I'm definitely in layers of, you know, because you got to keep it a little bit easy. Um, that's funny. I have a costume mentor of mine um, and another friend of mine that when they travel, everything is black, white, and gray. Mm -hmm. So it all just goes together. That and I know several designers, scenic mainly scenic designers and actually and a few custom designers that literally pack multiples of basically the same outfit just oh, to not yeah. have to think about it just to go and then she and might throw on like a colorful uniform, scarf they're like you know because there's there's a large part of the thinking yeah. and there are days where you know the job isn't about it isn't about me it isn't about what i'm wearing you know or my hair is like at the end of the day, like on the top of my head, oh, yeah. and you know, like I'm hot, I get I hot, everything yeah, I, I need it not touching, and it's awful. And then there are those moments that you're a part of it, and you know, yeah, I want to wear my new cute thing and you know, uh, and enjoy that. But sometimes you're so focused 
uh, and I'm guilty of it too, that you, you really just, it's not about what you may look like to others because you're so focused on what you're putting out there for others to look at that that's, at least that's what happens to me. I think that happens a lot with, um, makeup artists with mm -hmm. hair people with wig people and especially like in film and stuff and even in fashion you're up so early the hours like who so has time long. they're so long right the days are so long and you're you're in the trailer at like four in the morning like yeah let's look super cute for the one person that's gonna have their eyes closed while we apply a prosthetic <laughs> exactly oh well there's all but however however there is always in the makeup trailer there's always that genius um girl person that is just all together and they're flawless and it's there's like always one two in the morning and i'm like really you wore lashes and like i'm just like trying to keep it all together you know like i've got at this one i've got my sneakers on i've turned around like probably an 18 hour day and i'm there on set and i'm cold and you know, like just the layers and, the and then of course, at that same moment, you know, when I'm checking on, you know, the talent and I'm, you know, chatting with the team and noticing how stunning this woman looks at that moment, there's always the camera team that comes in. They're like, let's get a pro production shot behind the scenes. Yeah. And I'm like, really right now? Yeah. Ours then, is when we're know, doing so makeup. It's I the horrible the profile. The frame. Yeah. Because here's here's the makeup team and their hair and they're just flawless. And I feel like I was just, you know, dragged behind a car, <laughs> you know, and yet I'm supposed to be in charge. You know, <laughs> they're like, where's the boss? And you're like, where, where, oh, 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 it's that poor. Oh. So that's what I always feel. It's always that timing. It's never like when I feel my best and, you know, and I know my hair hasn't fallen out just yet, you know, or it's clean. Like, you're like, can we do a heads up for the behind the scenes shot? Right. You know, and, and in the, I've been on productions where it is amazing um, and bigger tours and they'll, they'll let, it'll be on my schedule. And so I'll actually know of it. So I can, you know, I can bring that fresh set of clothes or <laughs> maybe open my makeup bag or even better if I have a friend in Cosmo team, you know, they'll be like, just sit down. I mean, I'm like, well, thank you. Just get rid of the dark circles. <laughs> my son just called. I was crying. You know, it's just, make me dewy and fabulous. Help just help me. I just, oh there you know, so, you know, you do, you do sometimes have those sweet moments, but in general, so true. it always feels like they're not the majority. <laughs> or at least when I see the, the photos and they're, thankfully, sometimes they're just in black and white and that's where that needs to stay. But, you know, uh, generally I always relive the moment. I'm like, yeah, okay. I guess it could have been worse. And then I'll realize what I'm wearing. I'm like, oh. You're like, definitely had something cuter in the uh, hotel. But, but, you know. Uh, fine. Um, with your eclectic love of artists, uh, whether they be musical designers mm -hmm. or otherwise, if you were able to have a dinner party or a cocktail party, let's say, with like three people. Who would it be? 
Anything? From any point in history, dead okay. or alive. I know, and this is especially hard because I know that you like such a wide variety of of people. You can that's, pick their brain. That's extremely hard. That's crazy hard. You know, because then I think I would want like a like an amazing artist that maybe I had questions about. So that would be interesting. You know, like oh gosh, like that's really. That's hard. I mean, that's hard. I mean, that's hard. You know, like, like, could you imagine having Judy Garland having a cocktail with her? Man, oh my gosh, she'd be a guest. But I, I just probably want to hug her. I, it, I felt sorry Aww, for her. Like, yeah. I know so much about her from working on Boy from Oz, as well as you know, just idolizing uh, her yeah. career and um, loving A Star Is Born so much. The her version. Her version, you know, I just recently, while you think about this, I just recently rewatched it because I'd seen it when I was much younger and, right. you know, you don't get it. You're like, no. okay. Um, but when I rewatched it, because the newest version is the fourth, in, you yes. know, in, incarnation of it. Yes. And I was really surprised by the weight of her version. If that makes sense. Um, I feel like there's so many films that come out during that time period that have a little bit of levity to them. They're not okay. as heavy. And um, I feel like everyone in that film really went for it. Like he is an alcoholic. It is abusive. She is trying. They're struggling. And it had a very modern feel to it. Like it could have been well, released. All of those scenes of her not being enough, her being ugly, oh. those were all touch tone quotes that happened to her. So, like, you watched her really just relive portions of her own public life. Yeah. You know, um, not sugarcoated. And then, on top of which, you know, watching, you know, her accomplishments then be hurt by the man she loved who also set her free. You know, like, just, just so many dynamics there. But anyway, so that's yeah. real. I don't. Gosh, I, yeah, I don't. You know, I would have to cat. You know, I'm not even a planner, but I think I'd have to categorize it. I would need somebody from history. Seriously, this is because how do you get through it? I mean, how do you just rattle off three names like, oh, you know, like, uh, like if they okay, well, let's say if there was I'm a this question. <laughs> if there was a artist like traditional art like classical artist let's say painter mm -hmm. who who would you like to visit with well i mean obviously you know add up my loves french impressionistic you know all that so, you know, Monet's name rises to the top. Vermeer rises to the top. Not an impressionist. Um, Frida rises to the top. She's fascinating. Frida would be fascinating. Fascinating, like crazy fascinating. Just, and the strength. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, so it's like, okay, there's, there's that, um, you know, there's that avenue. And then is there, you know, is there someone... Before, I mean, would I want Edith Head there? Yeah, I might. You know, like that's kind of it. She, she worked in a man's world 
and you know um, dominated was, a man's world oh my god smart and uh you know as i get older i definitely value that i mean and then in the same respect do i would i want like maybe gosh i mean our world's so crazy would i want abraham lincoln or someone who just ripped open new ideas like just on a on a community level, you know, you're like, right. I think categories is probably, I just, I can't, you know, like I could sit, I mean, I could then just do it. Someone very attractive to sit next to, or, you know, the actress I never became and who would, you know, would that be going close or would that be, you know, um, Viola Davis? Oh my gosh. You know, or maybe you would have like a party. I think I would need a small party. <laughs> I th- that's, and then, I mean, those are just women. I mean, hello. <laughs> right. I think you would need like a, a legit, cocktail party like some kind of bohemian we're in paris in the 20s yes we need a theme there we go yeah absolutely okay well maybe we'll come up with a guest list thank you that then... might be a, just another show you know like we, <laughs> we need to entertain the idea of like okay that actually could be really fun and talk about people throughout history and why we love them or, or combining the different randomness you know like <laughs> But they all don't, they all do go together, you know, it's like they do somehow. Um, See, we're already coming up on an hour. It's just totally, I know, right? It's so crazy. Um, Would you have, this is an especially trying time. And you and I were talking about this a little bit before Mm -hmm. uh, for people that are aspiring to get into this industry. They're like, I'm going to be a designer. I'm going to be, you know, uh, work in theater. What kind of advice could you give the the young the young designers out there for right now when things are not really moving yet? You know, what do you? Well, I what mean, do you think? My goodness, um, I think uh, it's funny. I I did have to think about this earnestly because uh, with this past year, I was, I did guest at a, a few graduation, uh, theater graduations and, and panels with uh, costume design graduates and uh, theater majors um, to give them like a one-on-one experience with other peers in our industry. Um, and I knew it would come up because hello, you know, the whole idea is to make connections as yeah. you're leaving college. And I I was honest, not brutally honest, but I've never, I was a young, young, young associate designer during, during 9-11 in the New York area. And that changed Broadway. That closed shows for a moment, a yeah. big moment. Yeah. and change productions and things didn't come in and joy was sucked out of the world. And I thought, wow, my gosh, what's going to be left on the other side. And now with this experience of what we just came out of 2020, yeah, uh, that was a walk in the park compared to what I've seen worldwide Yeah, and how theater and arts and music have sadly become unessential in how we've looked about restarting things and protecting people. And that hurts my heart. So the best thing you could do 
is not discourage yourself. I want every everybody coming out of out of college to keep that beautiful hope and spark and dream and don't pressure yourself to have to run and find a production because right now the the productions that were healthy are trying to figure out how to come back after most all of the associates insistence they were all just let go you know like everybody's just gone and so obviously designers and the heads of departments will then look to try to get some of those people back people that have families people that have been in the industry and have tons of experience um just because in a way everything was leveled um yeah in a new way in a bad way so if there is anything you ever entertained, you know, sort of a side hobby, because you never know, based on me, you know, my side hobby kind of moved over into my mainframe. Um, if you can afford or find out, find programs of learning or a minor or classes or things you can immerse yeah. yourself in and shelter and keep your brain in a good space, I would say do that. Do that for another six months to a year. And then and then pretend like, boom. <laughs> pretend this part didn't happen except for yeah, the learning. And then I jump. don't know how, I, it is just such a different world and it'll pass and it will heal. But if you're looking for that, that you know, that test, tomorrow and that experience like by next week you know things i put on my own self you know expectations yeah you definitely you definitely want to just pause and if you can um find that other thing that makes you even more invaluable so that when doors are open properly and you know we have full houses you'll be ready and you'll be even that more valuable to a team or to a production. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Just one more layer of things that you're able to yeah. do. And it can and be unrelated because somehow it'll help you, you know, like it can, it doesn't have to be, Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, uh, my next thing would have been if I were, I should have taken lighting. Like I would take, I would take classes in, in true lighting, not just, for, you know, I have a theater minor, but, I would specialize more because actually with technology, my last 10 years in Marvel, the systems and LED and the, and the circuits I've learned and yeah. programmed for wearable clothing um, before it was even as commonplace now. I mean, I, I was doing it nine, 10 years ago, just, just doing it and not even thinking about it. So like, gosh, you know, if someone had told me that, you know, now I would, I would do that, you know, like find something. And at that point it would have been unrelated, but man, so useful. So right. That day you would have been like, I absolutely know how to wire that thing up. And yes. I know where the battery should go and what kind of batteries and how we're going to do this. And what doesn't get hot points. Yeah. 
and I'm going to program it myself. Yeah. Doopy doopy doop. Oh yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. I think that the career coming up even more ahead of you is going to be so wonderful and it will, it is going to open and it's, you know, I'm super excited to see what your designs and stuff are in the future and, oh, and that you get to travel again. And We do. I know. Well, I mean, I've been good or bad, fortunate. I had two large jobs that were international when the world shut down and out of luck or just having the right companies involved, um, we found a new way to continue on our production schedule and the clothes are done and i'm you know one of the opening designers for our new universal park in beijing ironically enough Ooh. so even covid didn't start stop that so um yeah, the ingenuity I mean, is very impressive well i mean it you just when thrown in the situation yeah you just kind of did it and uh it was an amazing experience and I can't wait to, to share that uh, soon, soon. I think by May or May slash June, we'll be, you know, heralding to the world. But, um, you know, it's been a challenge for all of us not being able to then go and check our work or be a part and be together and navigate this, you know, just in a time of, Insanity. Absolute uncertainty. It's insanity. It's just insanity. Fluidity so. isn't even, I think that's not even the right word anymore. It's fluid. Um, I feel like it's so much more than fluid. It's, yeah, just uncertain insanity. It's insanity. I mean, if someone had told me that this would happen, I'd be like, what? You know, this is, it's like being trapped in a bad movie. Well, you and I talked about Groundhog Day, and both of us are like, I hate that movie. And then, and being trapped in that movie as well. And I don't hate the movie, but it's not no. one that I ever watch ever again not, after I've no, seen it. Not that movie. We've all around the world kind of definitely lived part of this movie together. Um, yeah. I'm good. I mean, <laughs> totally fine. I'm good. Yep. I'm so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank, thank you so much for joining me. I really um, appreciate it. And I think that there's a lot of uh, wonderful insight that you have to offer to um, professionals and aspiring professionals alike. Um, I think we may have to have a cocktail party, uh, pretend planning. <laughs> I think that would be really fun and stimulating for our brains, right? That's right. You know, like, I mean, again, we could challenge each other. All right, here's your four categories. We won't talk. I'll give you your four categories. You give me mine. Then we'll put the party. Or maybe back. it's like a wedding and we have to plan where they're sitting, like who's sitting at the tables. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's amazing. Right? Well, they can't sit there because no, they had an affair with, you know. Yeah. yeah. Awkward. 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 Frida, <laughs> you need to watch out. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 this was, this was a lot of fun and, uh, um, lovely to get to know you in the process as well. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Get to know Cynthia and see what's going on in your brain and how it operates along with, um, the professional stuff. So yes. I think that it's always, um, 
always a good time and I just really appreciate you. And if you guys have any questions for her, feel free to email me and I'll pass them on or you can just message her on Instagram or or through her agency. So thank you so much. And I it's late here, but it's just been a joy. I really appreciate you. Oh, you're welcome. We'll see you next time. Okay. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Behind the Biz, Conversations with Artists and Entertainment. You can also check out this episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We'll see you next time.